You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. For the season previews this season, uh, going through a topic and then preview one American League, one National League team uh, for fantasy purposes. On today's episode, I thought I would look at on-base percentage. And I know they're in standard 5x5 leagues, on-base percentage is not uh, a common category. Uh, But more and more leagues are uh, shifting away from uh, batting average to on-base percentage and uh, the Locked On uh, fantasy draft that I just did the other day, we did do that. We, we've used on base percentage instead of batting average. And I thought I would take a look uh, at some of the players who benefit uh, from leagues shifting to on base percentage and then uh, those who, who maybe don't fare as well uh, due to on base percentage. And so first, uh, the, the players who benefit uh, from on base percentage. And the reason I say benefit is because perception is so tied um, in fantasy to like a player's batting average, uh, because it's a standard number that, you know, we've seen forever. Uh, and so when you say, oh, this guy's a 260 hitter. Okay. Well, your perception is already framed by, okay, that guy's a 260 hitter. Well, we don't necessarily have that, that same perception. Uh, if a 260 hitter also has a 400 on base percentage. Uh, and so, uh, the guys who uh, have the biggest difference, uh, I guess, say over the past three seasons, uh, and, and I'm not going to give you Mike Trout or, or Juan Soto. You, you know, you're not going to gain any value. Um, you know, maybe you take maybe you take Mike Trout third instead of fourth or, or something like that. But uh, we're talking uh, guy, guys who do have uh, a pretty sizable advantage uh, in a league that goes down base percentage. And first up is Brandon Nimmo, uh, outfielder for the Mets. Over the past three seasons, hitting 257 is on base percentage is 397. Uh, like that's elite, uh, but Nemo, the rest of his fantasy numbers aren't great. So you don't, uh, you don't necessarily have to take him early, but, uh, in, in some leagues you, you might not be inclined to take him at all, uh, except for the fact that, uh, if you are running on base percentage leagues, that 397 would be too tasty to pass up. Uh, how about Bryce Harper, uh, for the Phillies with the past three seasons hitting 257 has an on base of 388, uh, and, now, in Harper's case, you get home runs, you get steals. As long as he stays healthy, he's a, he's a productive bat. Uh, but if your league is on base percentage, uh, Bryce Harper uh, moves up quite a bit. Uh, Max Muncy, uh, who plays some first and second base for the Dodgers, uh, past three seasons he's hitting 244, has a 372 on base percentage. I grabbed Muncy uh, in the locked on uh, league a couple days ago for precisely this reason. Uh, A, he has the multi-position versatility, but B, uh, his on-base percentage is much better uh, than his batting average. Uh, Reese Hoskins of the Phillies, uh, first baseman, has hit 237 over the past three seasons, but a 362 on-base percentage. Uh, And then the guy who who I think of first when it comes to this kind of issue is Carlos Santana, uh, the first baseman for the Royals, uh, obviously played uh, a bunch for uh, Cleveland, uh, but over the past three seasons, uh, hitting 246 with a 370 on base percentage, uh, and Santana's batting average will fluctuate uh, pretty wildly, like it did in 2019. He hit 281, uh, in 2020 he hit like 199, uh, and so you know somewhere in between is, is 
sort of this, the safe zone for Carlos Santana's batting average, but the on-base percentage tends to stay uh, in pretty good shape. Uh, Yasmany Grandel, catcher for the White Sox, batting average is 241 uh, over the past three seasons, but on-base percentage, 364. Uh, and that that makes him uh, a very valuable uh, commodity at catcher because, you know, catchers aren't necessarily uh, huge offensive performers in the first place. Uh, and in Grandal's case, he has some power and, uh, and that all goes well. But if he, if he adds a 364 on base percentage to the mix, that's, uh, uh, that can make a difference. Uh, then there's Aaron Hicks, Yankees outfielder, uh, batting average 240 over the past three seasons on base percentage, 359, uh, Hicks, you know, when he's, when he's going well, uh, is, is a pretty useful player, uh, in, both in real and fantasy. Uh, but, uh, sometimes he's, he's had some injury issues and, uh, but yeah, I think you would you would be much more inclined to grab uh, Aaron Hicks with a 359 on base percentage than you would to grab uh, him with a 240 batting average. Uh, then there's Alex Bregman of the Astros, uh, hitting 285 over the past three years on base percentage is 402. Uh, that's a, a pretty big jump. Now Bregman would would already be uh, an early pick, uh, but uh, with a 402 on base percentage, you might bump him up a little bit more. Uh, Joey Gallo, uh, the Rangers outfielder. Is only hitting 213 uh, over the past three seasons, but has a 330 on base percentage, which is you know at least respectable. It's still not great, uh, but uh, in in regular in standard leagues where you're uh, uh, picking you know looking jo- at Joey Gallo for his 40 home runs, uh, you you sometimes have to you know make a, a tough decision because you're looking at a guy who whose batting average is going to crush you. Uh, at least in on base percentage leagues, uh, Gallo's on base percentage won't crush you. It's not, it's, you know, 330 is nothing special, uh, but it, it doesn't uh, devastate you quite the way a 213 batting average would. Uh, Joey Votto uh, of the Reds, uh, hitting 265 over the past three years, has an on base percentage of 382 over the past three seasons. This is how we know Joey Votto's in decline. His on base is only 382 uh, because at his peak, he was uh, up in the fours. Uh, but uh, you know, it's been a, a pretty successful career here for Joey Votto. Uh, and, and if you're in a league that has on base percentage, he still has plenty of value. Uh, Cardinals infielder, Matt Carpenter, hitting 237 over the past three years, 353 on base percentage. Uh, A's outfielder, Mark Canna, uh, hitting 259 with a 370 on base percentage. Aaron Judge, the Yankees, hitting 274 with 381 on base percentage. You would think, you would think, uh, it, it wouldn't be uh, that hard to throw strikes to Aaron Judge at six foot eight, uh, but you know when you're trying to avoid the the home run, uh, he he ends up uh, taking quite a few walks, and so Aaron Judge uh, more value uh, in a non base percentage league. Uh, you can also consider Shinsu Chu, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo, all those guys uh, fare better uh, in on base percentage leagues as opposed to batting average. Now uh, the guys who are worse. Uh, in on-base percentage leagues. Uh, and I guess the, the worst of them is D. Gordon, uh, who's you know trying to uh, get some playing time with the Reds. Hitting 266 over the past three seasons. His on-base is 293. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to take a pitch, guys. Uh, Kevin Pillar, outfielder for the Mets, uh, hitting 261 over the past three years, the 293 uh, on-base percentage. Uh, Pillar, uh, for years in Toronto, it, it, it was a... Uh, uh, a, a central part of his uh, existence that uh, he just would refuse to take a walk. And, and if, if he's hitting for a decent batting average, uh, then in batting average leagues that there's some 
extra value, I suppose, uh, because he's getting a lot of at bats as well. Uh, you know, he he's not uh, he's not giving them up, uh, and so that's kind of uh, standard for a bunch of these guys is that they're just free swingers who who aren't uh, aren't inclined to to work the count and uh, and take walks. Uh, Tim Anderson, the White Sox, who's you know been his batting average has been spiked in, in the past couple of years. And he's think 291 over the past three seasons on base is still just 323. Uh, Eddie Rosario, uh, outfielder for Cleveland, uh, has a 278 average over the past three years on base percentage of 312. Jose Iglesias, the Angels shortstop, uh, 291 batting average over the past three years, 325 on base percentage. Ahmed Rosario, uh, who has uh, arrived in Cleveland from the New York Mets, uh, has a 270 batting average over the past three years with 306 on base. Javi Baez of the Cubs, a notorious free swinger, uh, hitting 272 uh, over the past three seasons, uh, 308 on base percentage. Uh, Corey Dickerson, outfielder for Miami, uh, 292 batting average, 329 on base percentage over the past three years. Starlin Castro, second baseman for Washington, 274 batting average, 314 on base. Uh, and Yuli Gurriel, first baseman for the Astros, hitting 284 with a 324 on base over the past three years. Uh, some other guys who uh, also kind of fare worse uh, in on, on base percentage leagues, uh, Jonathan Scope, uh, second baseman for the Tigers, Elvis Andres, a shortstop for the A's, Gene Segura of the Phillies, Andrelton Simmons of the Angels, uh, Yadier Molina of the Cardinals, uh, even DJ LeMahieu uh, of the Yankees, uh, in, just in relative terms. Uh, he's you know He puts up a huge batting average but does not. Uh, walk a whole lot, so uh, there is is not quite as much value uh, in LeMahieu in an on-base percentage league as, as there is uh, in batting average leagues in relative terms. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is an amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, incredible-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now, the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is peanut butter against coconut puff. Now, I already made it clear that the, the coconut uh, brand of Built Bars is very popular. Uh, maybe not with me, though. Uh, I would much much prefer the peanut butter uh, brand. Uh, a peanut butter brownie is probably my favorite, uh, and the peanut butter uh, bar is still uh, my preference over coconut puff. Uh, I'm, I'm probably fighting uphill here looking for an upset, uh, but let's uh, give it a shot. Uh, go peanut butter. <laughs> and so uh, go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're covering everything you need to know about fantasy baseball, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. That's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So let's take a look at the Minnesota Twins, a team that's going to be in contention and not surprisingly has lots of talent available for fantasy baseball. And we'll start with designated hitter Nelson Cruz. Probably looking around the fourth round at Cruz since 2009. Cruz has hit 395 home runs. You know how much more that is than everyone else in Major League Baseball? Uh, Edwin Encarnacion is second with 358. So Cruz is 37 clear 
uh, of any other uh, major league hitter in home runs uh, since 2009. Uh, there's Albert Pujols at 343, uh, Miguel Cabrera and Giancarlo Stanton at 312, Mike Trout at 302. Now, Trout didn't start in 2009, of course, but uh, Nelson Cruz, uh, he's his batting average is still uh, quality, uh, and that home run power is uh, enough to make a difference. Uh, he's maybe not going to score a ton of runs, uh, given his, you know, maybe maybe he's not the most mobile on the bases, but uh, that's why you can, in the maybe fourth round, uh, you can add that power to your lineup and uh, and do all right. Uh, at third baseman Josh Donaldson, fifth or sixth round maybe, not too much later after Cruz. You know, the bringer of rain can do damage when he's healthy. Um, now, he wasn't uh, at the end of his run in Toronto in 2018, and he wasn't last season either. Uh, but he does have four seasons with more than 30 home runs. Uh, so uh, you, you probably have to roll the dice a little bit and, and hope that uh, Donaldson's healthy. Uh, but uh, there's there's value uh, when he is playing. Uh, same goes for center fielder Byron Buxton. You know, you take him a little bit later, maybe eighth or tenth round. And Buxton has tons of talent. Like there should be a 2020 season, maybe even a 30-30 season in him. But uh, he's played more than 100 games once in his career. Uh, and so... It's hard to uh, pin pin a whole lot of your hopes on Byron Buxton, uh, but also once you start getting later into your uh, draft, you know he's going to be one of these guys who has a higher ceiling uh, than than what what ends up out there uh, in the middle in the middle rounds. So you can consider Byron Buxton, uh, but you do it knowing that uh, there's a real risk he's going to get hurt because uh, that's his track record. Uh, then also in the middle rounds, right fielder Max Kepler, uh, who doesn't hit for a great average, 237 for his career, but he does have uh, 30 home run power. Uh, same can be said for first baseman Miguel Sano. Uh, and so both those guys are, you know, viable middle round options, uh, but you're making a bit of a trade-off. You're probably going to sacrifice some batting average uh, to get that 30 home run power. Uh, catcher Mitch Garver uh, might also be worth a, a mid-round pick. Sort of depends on how much you want to uh, count uh, his 2020 season because he really struggled last year. Uh, but in 2019, he hit 31 home runs and hit 273. I mean, if he hits like that, that's uh, not just a, a starting catcher for fantasy. Like that's one of the top catchers uh, for fantasy. So you know, there's risk involved, certainly given his 2020 performance. But uh, Garver is uh, a viable fantasy option this year. Uh, then there's middle infielder Jorge Polanco. You might want him kind of later. Uh, had his career best season in 2019 and then... In the shortened 2020 season, he had a career worst season. Uh, he can hit, has some pop in his bat, uh, but doesn't steal a lot of bases for a middle infielder. That uh, you know limits his appeal a little bit. Uh, and he's going to be shifting from shortstop to second base, uh, so he, he may not have second base eligibility right away, but uh, soon enough. Uh, then you could look at another late round pick is uh, for left fielder Alexander Kirilov, the 15th pick in the 2016 draft. You know, he's hitting 317 with an 863 OPS in the minors. It's basically, it's time. Uh, find out what he can do uh, in the major leagues. And and so, you know, once you're getting into the later rounds of your draft, that's when you you, you take a chance uh, on a rookie who, you know, might have a high ceiling, might be able to uh, add some variance to the uh, the equation. Uh, because uh, for as much as you like to project and, and have some idea what a player can do, uh, until they step into the majors, uh, you don't you don't really know. And so Kirilov is uh, an interesting sort of sleeper uh, candidate uh, for the Twins. Uh, shortstop Andrelton Simmons, another possible late uh, pick, depending on the, how deep your league is. 
can hit for a decent average. He's hitting 278 for his career uh, and uh, has the capability of, you know, double-digit home runs and double-digit steals. Uh, if he gave you that in, in a season where he hits 280 and gives you a dozen home runs and a dozen steals, well, you know, that, that couldn't work. Uh, but late round, uh, middle infield option, really. Uh, others uh, on that Twins roster, there's catcher Ryan Jeffers, who's, who's really hit well in the minors, hit 296 with an 836 OPS. If he hits enough, could he kind of force his way into the lineup? And certainly if Garver uh, doesn't bounce back, then, then maybe Jeffers uh, sneaks in uh, behind the plate. Uh, and infielder Luis Arias, uh, who had been at second base, but now looks like he's going to be more in a, a utility role. Uh, he's basically a slap hitter, not a lot of power, not much speed even on the bases. Uh, but in 487 career plate appearances, he's hitting 331. So, you know, he, he's, the question is whether he's going to get enough playing time for that to really matter for fantasy. Uh, and it may be a case where he just, uh, in short spurts during the season, he's worth picking up because he's he's filling in and getting regular bats. Or you can see whether or not the utility role is going to be enough uh, that Arreyes is going to uh, get enough action there for his average to matter uh, because if he's going to come in and hit 330 uh, there's a chance that he can uh, help you in that category now to the twins pitching staff uh, go to kenta maida uh, who you're probably looking in the sixth or seventh round he was the, and, and he was a cy young runner-up in 2020 but you know, it's a pretty small sample and you know the numbers we had seen before uh, 2020 did not suggest uh, that he w- he was going to be a you know bona fide ace for uh, for years to come. So he's a quality pitcher, uh, and it's just a matter of how much you want to uh, value his 2020 performance. Uh, Jose Barrios, uh, and you might want to question how much to value uh, his 2020 uh, performance because he ran into some control problem problems last year, uh, but overall he's still uh, a quality option. If, you know if he's your uh, second or third starter uh, on your fantasy roster, you're probably doing all right. Uh, then there's starting pitcher Michael Pineda. You know, maybe you're looking around the 10th round for Pineda. He started 31 games for the Twins, has a 3.91 ERA, 1.16 whip, and 8.6 strikeouts per nine, which is all pretty good. You know, the ERA is a touch high, but overall, that, that's still um, fantasy viable. Uh, now, of course, uh, those numbers are sort of sandwiched around a PED suspension. Uh, and so, you know, between injuries and suspension risk, you know, Pineda uh, d- does not come w- with an easy uh, check mark beside him on, on draft day. There, there's sort of a, you, you have to decide whether it's going to be worth the risk to take him. And, you know, at some point it is. But uh, the, there's definitely uh, some risk involved. Uh, starting pitcher J.A. Happ, probably a late round pick at this stage of his career. Uh, one, because he doesn't have a great strikeout rate, uh, 7.7 strikeouts per nine last season, but he, he was still effective uh, in, in his nine starts for the Yankees last year. 3.47 ERA, 1.05 whip. Uh, I don't know that I would bank on uh, Hap uh, duplicating those numbers, uh, but which is why you consider him kind of in, in late rounds, uh, whether he's going to be you know your sixth or seventh starter uh, on your fantasy team. Uh, and then in the bullpen, uh, the Twins have Alex Colomay, uh, who has 138 career saves, saved 12 games last season, had a 0.81 ERA, 0.94 whip, but he also had just 6.4 strikeouts per nine. And so, uh, the again, we're talking small samples. Uh, maybe don't read too much into that, but uh, Colomay's declining strikeout rate was at least a little bit of a concern. At the same time, uh, he upgrades uh, that Minnesota bullpen. Uh, Taylor Rogers, 
uh, who had been really effective in 2018 and 2019. Uh, and he had a little bit of trouble in 2020. He had 4.05 ERA, 1.50 whip, uh, which is awfully high for a closer. Um, but Rogers has also saved 41 games in the past three years. So uh, there's probably going to be some kind of uh, split there uh, at the end of games for Minnesota. Uh, if I have to choose one, I would uh, predict Colome gets uh, more of the work, but uh, I don't think we have any guarantees on that either. And then a twin starter who is you know, probably not uh, relevant for fantasy unless you're in a super deep league, like Matt Shoemaker. Uh, he's had some moments uh, over the course of his career, and like he was really good in five starts for the Blue Jays in 2019, but uh, there, there's not enough to want him uh, on draft day in most uh, situations. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Major League Baseball is coming up. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues, Locked On Fantasy Baseball the Daily Fantasy Baseball podcast in which I will use data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get podcasts. And send me your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore Fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to fire off an email, send it to Locked On Fantasy Baseball at gmail.com. So now let's go through the New York Mets, a team with uh, a lot more expectations this season, and probably deservedly so. And because you know the Mets should be contenders, they also have uh, a decent roster of players that you'll, you'll want for fantasy. Uh, starting with shortstop Francisco Lindor, who is probably a second-round pick now. Uh, he was an elite fantasy performer until last season, like top five uh, for a couple of years. If he boosts his batting average and uh, starts stealing bases again, Lindor could get back to having that premium value. It may not take a whole lot uh, to, for him to get back to uh, being worthy of a first-round pick. Uh, then there's second baseman Jeff McNeil. Uh, you know, Maybe in the sixth or seventh round, uh, you look at McNeil almost as a specialist because his batting average is a real difference maker. And he has 1,024 plate appearances, has a 319 batting average. And, and if he's going to play... Uh, regularly at second, uh, particularly in the in the wake of the Robinson Cano suspension, uh, then you know there's a a chance that he can give you some real value. I mean, a, anybody who uh, with a pulse and, and a decent bat uh, at second base uh, could have fantasy value. Uh, and right field, we got Michael Conforto, uh, probably around the seventh round. In the past four seasons, he's got 97 home runs. Uh, Conforto is a pretty uh, solid uh, outfield option in terms of you've got some power. Uh, usually hits for a decent average. Uh, and so, you know, maybe he's not uh, super flashy, uh, but you you can uh, you can definitely work with Michael Conforto as a relatively early pick. Uh, first baseman Pete Alonso, probably in around the same range, uh, you know, sixth to eighth round. He's not, he was not as dangerous in 2020 as he was as a rookie in 2019 when he hit 53 home runs, but Alonso was still on pace for 43 last season. Uh, so there's lots of value in, in in that kind of power. You know, as I've talked about uh, in the past, it's 
you have to almost try to avoid home run hitters uh, in in uh, fantasy baseball. There are just so many guys who could get you 25 home runs. Well, there are not nearly as many who can get you 45 home runs, and Pete Alonso is in that group. Uh, then there's catcher, James McCann, probably worth a mid-round pick. He was the Mets' big-ticket uh, free agent signing. Uh, he's improved offensively, uh, and you know, 2020 was his best season. Uh, however... You know, how much do you want to put on a uh, 31-game season? So, like, how real were, were McCann's numbers? Uh, I'm, I'm not convinced, I suppose. Uh, but, you know, when you get to the middle rounds, if you're looking for a catcher who, who has some upside, then that's probably where McCann fits. Uh, then there's left fielder, Dominic Smith. Uh, really, the question with Smith is whether he's going to get playing time because the man can hit. Uh, in 396 plate appearances over the past two years, Smith has, has 21 home runs, hitting 299 with a 937 OPS. Just get him into the lineup and, and see what happens. But that is uh, the challenge that faces uh, the Mets and uh, for you know fantasy managers, uh, whether Smith is going to have enough at bats to really uh, you know make a difference. Uh, also in the later rounds, third baseman J.D. Davis, who had his best season in 2019, not so good in 2020. Uh, but you know, probably still worth considering. And a uh, player we talked about uh, off the top of this uh, podcast, uh, center fielder Brandon Nimmo, uh, who's an on-base percentage star. If you're in, in an OBP league, then uh, he goes sooner than this. Uh, but uh, he really hasn't been able to put together a, a big season with his counting stats. Nevertheless, it's probably worth uh, a late-round pick just to find out uh, whether or not he can make the most of a 390 career on-base percentage. Also, uh, for the Mets, uh, consider Jonathan Villar, uh, whether he's second base, third base, outfield, uh, as, as a late-round pick, but also as a real source of steals. Uh, had 35 or more stolen bases in three of uh, the four seasons prior to 2020, and last season was on pace for 43. So he's, he's one of the uh, very best and most consistent uh, threats on the bases. It's really just a matter of uh, getting enough playing time. Uh, to have fantasy value. And I, I think there's uncertainty about that right now, which is why you might be able to get VR late. Uh, but uh, there's probably a good chance that he can at least affect uh, your stolen base totals, if nothing else. Now for the Mets pitching staff, uh, should be one of the league's best. Uh, Jacob deGrom probably goes mid first round and could be the best pitcher uh, on the board. In 76 starts over the past three seasons, has a 2.10 ERA, 0.94 whip, 11.6 strikeouts per nine, Everybody would be thrilled to have that guy uh, on their uh, fantasy roster. Uh, then, maybe around the third round, Carlos Carrasco. Uh, his 2019 season was tough, you know, with the leukemia diagnosis and all. Uh, but uh, Carrasco, that's the only time in the past seven seasons uh, that Carrasco had an ERA over 3.70. Uh, he's consistent uh, and reliable, and now he's uh, also injured uh, in spring training, but uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be serious. Uh, so... Uh, I would still be pretty comfortable taking Carrasco early uh, in your drafts because uh, his results year after year tend to be really good. Uh, starting pitcher Marcus Stroman. Uh, you know, maybe you're looking around the 10th round uh, for Stroman because he comes with risk and not really because he didn't pitch in 2020, uh, but his whip can drift a little bit high. And, you know, he's probably, he's a solid mid-rotation starter on a good team. And so he should win some games. Uh, his strikeout rate isn't isn't great, but it's fine if he's if he's eating a bunch of innings, uh, and so you know you can live with Marcus Stroman on your fantasy roster most of the time. Uh, just you have to be beware. Sometimes that WHIP gets up uh, over 1.4, and then then that becomes a real problem. 
then there's Noah Syndergaard. You know, you're probably, uh, you have to be aware of whether you can stash him on, on uh, injured reserve because he's on the 60-day uh, injured list right now. Uh, and so, but obviously there's a high upside. If, if Syndergaard in his recovery from Tommy John surgery uh, is, you know, back to being what he was at his best, well, you know, it's well worth it to have stashed him on your IR for a couple of months. Uh, but, you know, there, there's no guarantee that that's the, the outcome either. You know, he may he might uh, spend a couple of months on IR and, and thinks he's coming back mid-season and then, oh, maybe it's another month. Maybe it's another two months. And and so that's sort of the risk you take when, you, when you're grabbing a guy coming off surgery. But uh, it's usually when it's a guy with a high ceiling like Syndergaard, it's probably worthwhile to make that... Uh, Make that move in the mid to later rounds and, and see if uh, see if you can get a big payout at the end of it. Uh, also, starting pitcher, Taiwan Walker. Probably worth a late round pick. Uh, he was healthy. I mean, it was only 11 starts uh, between Seattle and Toronto last season, but he was really effective. Uh, and so I wouldn't uh, ignore that altogether, uh, especially considering the, the kind of trouble he had had staying healthy for years before that. Uh, and then there's David Peterson, uh, who was a rookie last year. 3.44 ERA, 1.21 WHIP, only 7.2 strikeouts per nine, uh, and the, there is some concern. Like his fielding independent pitching, he had a 4.52, which is kind of high, uh, and he had 4.3 walks per nine innings, also kind of high. And so, you know, there's, I would say it's unlikely that Peterson's going to duplicate his uh, rookie numbers. Uh, at the same time, you know, you might consider him as a, a late round fantasy option. Other potential starters for the Mets uh, this year, there's Joey Lucchese, uh, who they acquired from San Diego. Uh, in 299 and a third innings for the Padres, Lucchese had a 4.21 ERA, 1.28 whip, 9.3 strikeouts per nine. It's not quite uh, in fantasy territory. I mean, basically, if he brings down the ERA, he has a chance. Um, and, you know, maybe he's a guy you can stream if he gets favorable matchups during the season. Uh, of course, that, that presumes that he, uh, he secures a spot in the rotation, at least while Syndergaard is out. Uh, also, uh, they have prospect Thomas Sapuki, uh, who had a pretty nice season in 2019 at three levels of the minors, uh, expected that he could be ready at some point in 2021. Uh, probably don't need to go after him on draft day, but be aware that uh, he is an option uh, at some point during the season. And then when it comes to closer, Edwin Diaz uh, is one of the better ones. Uh, he got crushed in 2019, his first year with the Mets, allowed 15 home runs in 58 innings. Uh, but he got back on track last season. He had a 1.75 ERA, 1.25 whip, 17.5 strikeouts per nine. Now, he only had six saves, but uh, I think the the underlying numbers there uh, should give the Mets some confidence to, to put Diaz back in that closer role full-time and uh, let him go to work. So that will do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. More stats, more team previews. Check out Locked on Fantasy Hockey, uh, show that I'm now hosting. So find these podcasts, subscribe, drop in a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked on Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis.